What more can one say? This is game seven. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Little Hockey Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. My name is Keegan. I'm here with my brother, Jordan. Say hi, Jordan. Hey, friends. Before we get into Jordan's betting updates, as always, I just want to mention, please follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Little Hockey Pod. We're starting to get a little bit of traction lately, so if you want to be the newest member of our Little Hockey family, that would be awesome. As always, or not as always, I should say, now, as of last show, we are part of the Blue Wire Hustle network of podcasts. So thank you, Blue Wire Hustle, for bringing us in and letting us be a part of this great community. And if you are listening to us because of them, welcome. We're happy to have you. Yeah, welcome. And with that out of the way, Jordan, before we get into the in-depth hockey analysis and conversations that we are obviously known for, Give us an update on your betting corner. You were pretty down in the dumps last time. Has it gotten any better? Uh, it has gotten better. Um, it has gotten like much better. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, Jordan it, has been sending me texts almost every night saying, Oh my God, look at this. Look at how much money I'm winning. Yeah. So it was the last month um, I lost um, 25 bucks, like give or take a few cents um, over that time. And since the calendar flipped over to April. Uh, I have made back all of that money. Um, Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's not like it was back in um, like early mid February when I was uh, um, just putting down like dumb bets on stuff and just coming out winning miraculously. Uh, this has very much been a, a, um, uh, like I, I've been betting responsibly and com- been coming out ahead. So that that's been awesome. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, like I said, I'm, I've made up all of my losses from last month and then like a little bit on top of that too, um, <laughs> which is great. And you know what I've got to say um, some of the, uh, I've, I've realized that a lot of my betting corner has just turned into like, Hey, is it good or is it bad right now? So I, I kind of wanted to like, give a little bit more in-depth analysis or like tips or something to uh, the people listening at home. Just again, everybody keep in mind, like I'm totally new to it, new at this. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, just some teams to keep an eye on uh, going into uh, kind of this last little stretch of the regular season. Um, the Minnesota wild as always, like they've probably been the most profitable team in the league this, uh, this season. Um the New York Rangers have been on an uptick as well. So keep an eye out for them. Um, Arizona's on a bit of a hot streak. So if you're, uh, if you're looking to kind of put some money down on somebody, they, they could be a, a pretty good value option going down the stretch and kind of surprisingly, I'd say uh, San Jose has turned into a pretty good 
bet most nights. They're on. Now, they're, are you are you betting on them? Or are you are you betting the reverse odds? No, I'm I'm betting on San Jose to win games. Um, really? Are, what yes. place are they in? Sorry, keep talking. I'm just checking something. Uh, well, the Kings have been tumbling, and the Blues have been on a downslide for a few weeks now. And the Sharks are taking advantage of that. They're they're tied with the Blues right now. And like a month ago, if you had said that the the Sharks would look more likely to make the playoffs than the Blues, I think a lot of people would have been like, you're insane. But that's kind of where it's looking right now. They're tied in points with a, a similar amount of games, I think. And um, it like I, I honestly think that the Sharks are going to finish ahead of the, the Blues this season. And that's going to be... That's going to be a real wake-up call for the Blues for what they've got to do this offseason. But even more surprisingly, um, over the last few days, the Buffalo Sabres have actually been a pretty good option to put some money down on. I've won a few bet. I've won some bets off of them this week. Um, I, I will put the, this caveat on. Only bet on them when Linus Allmark is starting. Um, oh, he's been so good. No, he like... He's been so good. He's the only goal that's gotten them any wins this season, basically. Um, Buffalo has won three of their last four games. Yes, I think they played New Jersey twice or something. Um, no, and, uh, oh, the Rangers. They played the Rangers twice. They lost in overtime the first one, and then won in overtime or a shootout the second one. And then uh, they shootout. just beat. Yeah, they just beat the Devils the other night. Um, so that's my other caveat: is especially bet on the Sabers when they're playing the Devils because. The Devils have been owned by the Sabres this season, which is ridiculous to think that anybody has a losing record against the, the Buffalo Sabres, but uh, someone does, and it's the New Jersey Devils. Um, so yeah, th- those are some teams to keep an eye on in a positive way. In a negative way, um, you, you might want to start uh, betting on whoever is playing the St. Louis Blues, especially when the Blues are at home. They're, uh, they've got a really, really bad record at home. Uh, That's strange. Yeah, the Kings are on a slide. Uh, they're three and seven in their last ten. Uh, the Flyers have sucked for a while, and everyone knows that. But uh, that still pretty good option to bet against. And um, I learned this week that you're going to probably want to bet on the Columbus Blue Jackets when they're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, because uh, the the Blue Jackets have had the Lightning's number this season, and um, it's it cost me a some winnings the other night, which was a bummer, but uh, yeah. So I, that, that's a little bit more in-depth analysis than what I normally provide in my betting corner here, but uh, I, I'm kind of trying to gather up some thoughts heading into the playoffs too. Um, so hopefully uh, I'll have some more insightful stuff to say once we get closer to uh, playoff season. Yeah. One thing I've definitely noticed and I think I can appreciate about getting into betting is it keeps you in touch with the rest of the league. Yeah. I will say I've stopped watching like all of the games that I have money on now. It's just, it's too much. Too time, (laughs) too time consuming. It's too time consuming. Yeah. Like uh, I I get it for people who like bet on stuff for like, like they rely on it as part of their income or uh, like people who are, sports journalists and write about sports betting i i understand why they're watching like eight or nine hockey games in a night but uh for me it's just like it's it's fun to be emotionally invested in some of them and like for, for some games i'll tune in for like the last five minutes of the third period if it's a close game and i've got money on it but uh, apart from that like 
you know, I, I, I'm not watching the entirety of a uh, Tampa Bay and Columbus game because I've got $3 on the lightning. Right. So <laughs> only time I'll do that is if it's 2019 yeah. and the playoffs. Yeah. Well, like I said, the blue jackets kind of have the lightning's number this season. So uh, it, it could be a good idea for people to uh, put some money down on the blue jackets whenever they're playing the lightning. Well, one thing I didn't even notice, I realized that when you were talking about San Jose and St. Louis there is, so I checked, uh, St. Louis has less overall wins, but I think they have more regulation wins. I think so. Yeah. It's, it's uh, something like St. Louis has the tiebreaker right now that puts them ahead of the sharks, but they are tied in actual points. Yeah. And also um, they're tied for fifth. Yeah. St. Louis is out of the playoffs right now. Arizona passed them. Yeah. I think and, uh, and, and they're up by a few points too. Yeah. I don't know if you mentioned that or not, that they were out and I just missed it when I was uh, looking through the standings there. It's quite possible, but no, I just, I've been so just enveloped in the North division that I have completely shut off the rest of the league. Well, would it surprise you then uh, for me to tell you that there is exactly one playoff position in the league that is up for grabs? (laughs) What do you mean? Like there, there is one race for a playoff spot between like teams that are currently in fourth place and teams that are out of the playoff picture right now. Like they're, it's they're probably in the central, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's uh, the, the Nashville predators right now are sitting in fourth place and um, the Blackhawks are within striking range of them. If they're, I think they might be tied. And then the stars are like five points back, but they also have like four or five games at hand too. Sure. I'll believe you. Yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> like that, that is the only um, real um, race. race that is like, it, 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 it's a little different this year, obviously because of the, um, the schedule and everyone is only playing teams within their division. So if you've got a ton of games against the team that is like five points ahead of you for the last playoff spot, then you could make up ground pretty quickly, but it's, it's still also very hard to rattle off like three or four straight wins against the same team. Right. Um, yeah. So realistically there, there's likely only one playoff spot that's up for grabs. All of the other playoff, like everybody else is locked into a playoff position or, or they, they have, they have, <laughs> their, find a way. they have their ticket to the playoff. They just don't know what seat they're in yet. Right. Okay. I know what you mean, yeah. but with, with all that out of the way, let's dive in to the only two teams that matter on this podcast, Leafs uh, and Sense. Well, I think only one of those teams really matters. The, the other Ooh. one of them is currently losing to the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, but <laughs> sec- our third period just started, and we'll see what happens. I, uh, they just showed a highlight reel, and Hogberg's made some really good saves tonight. Yeah, so you know really what? I haven't been paying all that close attention to it. Um, I, I was driving home from work when the game started, and then uh, since I've gotten home, I was uh, doing some show prep with it on in the background. So really, the only thing I've noticed is that uh, Dreisaitl goal from the goal line. Yeah, I don't it, know how that went in. Uh, it was just a wicked shot. And okay. it, uh, it looked like Hogberg was expecting um, McDavid to shoot instead of pass it down into the corner. Because that's yeah. basically where Dreisaitl was standing. He was standing below the goal line in the corner, and he one-timed it, and it went directly into the net. It was a really yeah. nice shot. 
screw that guy. <laughs> but we're not starting with Ottawa. We're starting with Toronto. So Jordan, oh, no, ooh, no, good let, shot by Connor Brown. Let's uh, let's start with Ottawa because I think that the the Leafs talk will just transition pretty well into the uh, our main discussion. That works. So speaking of Connor Brown, not only did he just score in this game here, um, but in our first game against Montreal back on Thursday. He um, really was the only senator who did much. I noticed him all night. I thought he was really good, and he ended up being the player to break Jake Allen's shutout, so that was really nice. Uh, That game didn't have much to talk about. It was just kind of a – Ottawa had a six-day rest, and you could tell they had spurts of looking dangerous and uh, um, looking well-rested, and then they had other times where they looked rusty, you know? So yeah, that, well, that was a. They ha- they haven't played all that many games over the last few weeks, so looking rusty mm-hmm. made sense. Um, it's just it's it's just tough for them, right? Like it, it's it's hard to go that many days without a game and then just jump right back into it. It's one of those things where they had a lot of energy, but they didn't know what to do with it. You know, <laughs> they, they couldn't um, constructively uh, direct it. it in the correct way, right? Sure, something smart like that. Sure, yeah, um, no, like my, my brain is basically fried right now. You said you were going to be the one that had no energy, and here I am, and I can barely string two words together. Um, once, no, no, sorry. Um, my dad, dad just came in and asked asked me something. Uh, I got distracted. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, the yeah, the fens so, and their 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 rusty game. Yeah, so it was um. It was a little tough to watch. Like, that was definitely the most frustrating one. Oh, actually, I shouldn't say that. Winnipeg game was the most frustrating one to watch. Yeah. But that, they were a different kind of frustrating. The first game against Montreal was frustrating because it's like, okay, they're trying. And, like, I, they had a lot of layoffs, so you hope that they would um, come out swinging. And they came out swinging, but with their eyes closed. Hmm. And it's just like, ah, burn the game tape for that like it's just it's unfortunate but it's just it happened move on get ready for the next one and they did the second game against montreal uh saturday or sunday i forget which day exactly it was on the weekend uh we won 6-3 and that was just uh we we dominated that game almost start to finish um our fourth line was our best line they got three of our goals Nisimov got three assists, which he is just upping his trade value, which is what I want to see. I think that's great. And he got Dadnov two goals. Um, Dadnov very quietly has 11 goals on the year, which I think is uh, top three in sense scoring. And it's just, I, I don't notice him. That's the biggest um, slight against Dadnov that all the sense fans have had this year is we don't see him on the ice unless it's on the power play and we're yelling at him because he's not doing anything. Oh well, yeah. He, he, he doesn't seem to be a play driver, right? He's, he's kind of a guy that um, he, he's like, he's quiet in the offensive zone, right? He, he's the guy who needs to be the third best player on his line to be effective. Probably. Yeah. He, he needs the eyes on somebody else in order yeah. to make himself more space and to be dangerous. That player has value, and he has a lot of skill. He has a lot of good uh, touch plays where he just one touch moves the puck, and it's very effective. 
It's just he needs someone that can do that play for him so that he can use his shot. Because we didn't bring him in to uh, to set up. We brought him in to finish. And um, I feel like with Anisimov and Formington, he's able to do that. Formington drives defenders back with his speed. Because I don't know if you've noticed with him, but he when he was drafted, they said he had McDavid speed. He actually... Um, from last year's AHL All-Star game has faster than McDavid speed. His, I've said it, I'm pretty sure on this show before, his um, AHL lap in the All-Star game was faster than all the NHL All-Stars, which included Barzell and McDavid. So, like, he's no joke. His his speed is very threatening. Like I said, it backs defenders off. Anisimov, you know, he... He doesn't have that footwork needed to uh, make himself room. So Formanton, I've noticed, is able to create room in the offensive end. And am I going all robot? Uh, you did for a second, but you're back. That's fine. Okay, I, I just got a connection error there. Still good? Yep, still good. Okay, perfect. So, uh, like I was saying, Anisimov still has his hands. He made a few good deeks there. Uh, but that mix of the three of them being Formanton driving defenders back, Anisimov being able to be the playmaker, and Dadnov being able to be the finisher. I think that's a good fourth line. Obviously, it worked really well for that one game, and they kept it together for Winnipeg, and I hope that it still continues to do well. Connor Brown's gotten five goals in his last five games or something like that, uh, and he's been a real bright spot for the Senators. It's really nice to see him produce. Um. The big thing for us is goaltending. That's been the story our entire year, right? Yeah, that's right. And speaking of goaltending, the Senators made a change with their um, goaltending coach uh, yesterday on Tuesday. Uh, yes. So yeah. Ottawa reassigned Pierre Gruel. Gruel sorry, I, French names are hard to pronounce. Um, from goalie coach to scout and uh, part of the scouting and the development staff. And we brought in uh, Zach. I don't really know how to pronounce the last name. Is it Zach Birks? 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 B-I-E-R-K-S. Birks? Birk? Birks? I think it's Birks. Let's say Birks. He's a a Viking. Birks. Birks. (laughs) (laughs) But we brought him in from Arizona. Um, You know, I don't really know how I feel about bringing someone in from Arizona, considering the state of their organization. And I... I think he's happy to be out of it because by the sounds of it, he was probably there against his will. <laughs> so I think the change of scenery will help him, but I'm guessing Pierre Dorian just wanted a new voice for Matt Murray. Cause he's like, I gave this guy four years and six and a quarter million dollars a year. Someone better make him good. Well, it might not have just been um, Pierre Dorian too, because uh if you read Ian Mendez's piece on the athletic from uh, last night and today, um, Birks and DJ Smith apparently work together in, in uh, Oshawa, Oshawa too. So yeah. it sounds like DJ Smith might've had a say in who they hired as goaltending coach. Which I like, do I think a coach can have a say in organizational decisions? Absolutely. I don't know how much of a say DJ has had, but you can see his fingerprints on a lot of things that have happened. I, I, think, he, I think he's got more of a say in like um, player personnel, right? 
like, oh, of course, a coach, a head coach is going to have a say in one of the other coaches on the team, right? Like, it, it would be ridiculous for us to assume that a, a goalie coach would be hired without uh, talking to the head, head coach. coach, right? Because, like, that's basically another assistant coach, and you're not going to toss in an assistant coach and just be like, hey, DJ, uh, this is the guy I hired. Um, work with him. Just work out. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, that's fair. You're, you're going to have get input from them but it is just one of those things where it's like i don't know you're pulling in another guy from from uh, dj smith's like past or from his his circle of of buddies that he's worked with before it's i don't know you just sometimes you want to go outside of that i mean toronto did that with dubis bringing in sheldon keith oh shit yeah like yeah you're right you're exactly right so <laughs> Bam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And, but that was, um, I guess that's a little different circumstance. That, that's a GM getting a coach he trusts. Yeah. And it's also one of those things too, where it's like, it's Dubas isn't necessarily continually bringing in all of the guys from his circle in to be in the, um, in management or in coaching positions with the team either. Right. No, you, but if you played I, for the Sioux Greyhounds, you're probably getting drafted by the Leafs. Or acquired by them at some point, right? Like yeah. that, that is kind of one thing that is a bit of a, a, a crutch for Dubis is that he does acquire a lot of players who he had in um, Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, but... The GM there. Dude, they've been good though. And that, yeah, that's the thing too. It's like, if, if, if they're good, who cares? If, well, yeah, that... if they're Josh Brown, then we've got some some stuff to talk about the fact that Eric Branstrom isn't playing right now is probably the biggest organizational blunder of the year. And yeah. And good Branson's not playing tonight. Like who, who's in for Brown and Coburn. Oh God. Brutal. But I I did hear on TSN 1200 today on the the local sports trade talk. Well, it it's like DJ did say that, uh, you can expect Brandstrom to get in the lineup more often after the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, but it's also like, well, shit, you know what? If you're not playing some, like if. Send them down to Belleville. Yeah. If some of these guys aren't playing right now, then why I, can't he get in ahead of the trade deadline? If, if like good Branson's not playing tonight or so, when Coburn's a healthy scratch. Right. I, I did. I did hear the, the guys on the radio say, um, Part of the reason why Brandstrom's not with the Belleville, Belleville. Senators is that I guess they're on a Western Canadian road trip right now. And okay, cool. I'd rather him be there than be sitting in Ottawa for a week doing nothing. But the thing is, is that to send him down to the AHL and have him play with those guys, you've got to put him on a private jet to fly him across the country. Because if he goes on to a regular charter flight, he's got a quarantine for seven or 14 days. Yeah, I'm just... It, it's just it's the quarantine issue it, it wouldn't have been as big of a problem in all likelihood if uh, if it was a typical season yeah okay you know what that's fair it's just circumstance it's just it it, it just does suck very, because it's, it's very... like it, it, he wasn't playing a few weeks ago either so when the belleville sends were in ottawa they could have sent them down could have sent him down to the team and he could have played and gone on the, the road trip because it, it, it seems like they just have no interest in playing him right now the point has been brought up by many people. I've said it on this show. The guy, the centerpiece in the Mark Stone trade should not not be playing. Yeah. And 
And the other guy we got in that trade from the, with the second round pick, Igor Sokolov, just scored a hat trick in Belleville. Yeah, he's, he is doing pretty well. He's doing very well. Yeah. I saw a thing, um, uh, Everyday Sends on Instagram. He does a lot of, um, he's basically like the guy to follow if you're a Sens fan on social media. He's very in tune to the organization. He follows Belleville. He followed the Nodak guys when they were down there. He'll continue to follow them with Jake Sanderson and Tyler Clevin, but uh, he posted a thing talking about Igor Sokolov, and he's like, this six foot four, 240 pound winger that we drafted uh, just got a hat trick, just like pumping up his tires. And apparently, Igor s- sent him a message saying, Hey, thanks. Uh, by the way, I'm 215 pounds now, but I guess people don't know now, mm-hmm. don't know yet. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh man, that, that's funny. He's another guy who's uh, Ottawa fans are excited for because he's supposed to help fix our uh, right wing depth. Because he's, we drafted him as a 20 year old. So he's already around the same age as most of the senators. He played with um, Batherson and actually lived in the same, oh, uh, what do you call it? The, the families that take in junior players. Oh, what do you call it? Billet families. Billet families. Thank you. They were Billet brothers. Okay. So it, it'll be cool to see how, how that turns out. But uh, just to finish off with the sense talk here, I'm going to just talk about the Winnipeg game. I got frustrated and left after the second period. And then Ottawa scored two goals. To make <laughs> yeah, it a game. I, I did see that. Like I, I turned it off after like I stopped paying attention to it. Cause I think the Leafs were playing. Um, and then when I went back to check the final score, I was like four, three, Oh geez. Ottawa really made a game of it in the final minutes there. Yeah, they did. I, I, I mean, I'm sure they did. I didn't see it. Um, I saw Josh Norris's goal uh, was really nice. Uh, really good feed from Dezingle from the corner on the power play to Norris in the reverse Ovechkin spot on the other side. Norris on in Belleville probably scored 20 of his 30 goals that way. Mm-hmm. Like he, he is a shoot first player who is also very solid defensively. He, he will be a very, very good asset for Ottawa moving forward. And he's one of those guys that you will never notice him because he's always doing the simple plays, but he does them right. And he's got a hell of a shot. It's not Matthews level or anything, but it, it's a good shot. So I'm excited to see that. I'm a, it's nice to see all the young guys contributing still. I think his goal today was assisted by Shabbat and Kachuk. So just those guys continue to dominate and lead. And I'm just at this point, I'm just watching sense games to try and enjoy them. And I'm waiting to see Brady Kachuk have a C on a sweater. But that'll probably come with the contract extension. Yeah, I think you won't see that until the start of next season. Which makes sense. You're not going to sign a guy on an expiring deal, or you're not going to name a guy on an expiring deal your captain. Yeah, potentially. Like I, I, no, I, I think you're right. I think that uh, they'll this this summer they'll announce the contract extension and then they'll trot him out with a C on their jersey when when they do that. I think that makes the most sense. But that does it for my little blurb for the Sens. Jordan, any thoughts or? final words on that before we get into the Leafs um no not really like suck. yeah the send suck um that's about it (laughs) let's let's uh this will be a a primarily Leafs heavy show because of our main discussion tonight yeah yeah we've got the trade deadline coming up um next Monday this coming up Monday yeah Um, and although it'll be 
probably a quiet day. There'll be a lot of rumors going around and I feel like the Leafs will be involved in more highlight or I shouldn't say highlight more um, impactful players than the deals Ottawa may or may not make. So, yeah, like it's, it's tough to say. Um, oh, just quickly about the the Leafs games this past week. Like, um, you know, we crushed Winnipeg. Awesome. Fuck you. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm getting less concerned about Winnipeg in the playoffs. Um, that again, that kind of depends on what they do at the trade deadline because they're supposedly in on some uh, some pretty um, pretty impactful players. I, I I guess you could say like they're they're looking at shoring up their defense and possibly getting a, a forward as well. Um, so that that could change how I feel about them. But at this time right now, like even with Hellebuck as good as he is and with the potential to like as good as he is, he could absolutely steal a series just on his own. Uh, that being said, like just the, the jets defense as it stands right now, that they don't seem to be able to handle the Leafs players when uh, push comes to shove and the flames, like those Fuck were the two, flames. Oh my God. Those were some of the most boring games that I've ever watched. Um, the Leafs didn't deserve to win the first one. I don't think that they really deserve to win the second one but they managed to win both of them, which is awesome. Cause uh, normally we're on the other end of those where it's like, we absolutely deserve to win. And uh, we didn't somehow. Uh, and the, flames yeah, de- are an, the flames are an organization that needs to just blow it up and rebuild around Matthew Kachuk. Well, I've, I don't even know though, because it's, it, you would think that Matthew Kachuk would be a favorite of um, Daryl Sutter, but he doesn't seem to be doing all that much. I think Matthew Kachuk might be done with Calgary. <laughs> Uh, Matthew Kachuk is the most played forward in Calgary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but Because he was just absolutely invisible in those two games against the Leafs. I think, I think you have it pretty good where Kachuk might just be done with the city and the organization. I mean, if the team tells you, hey, that thing that makes you special, stop doing it because we don't want to be – we don't want any part of it. Like, they were complaining because he – gets involved with guys too much yeah like, and they've they've got to jump into like scrums and things too often because he's stirring the shit too much and it's like you know i can only I, imagine I, what I can, don cherry said to that oh yeah who gives a shit what don cherry said <laughs> <laughs> hey it, it's entertaining um but yeah like yeah you you, you had it right the first time fuck the flames Uh, i i did want to say good riddance to them but the leafs do play them again uh, next tuesday so sucks that i've got to sit through another miserable boring game as long as the leafs win though like who cares but um oh man tim stutzel and drake bastion are so good together sorry they just it's like just after eight minutes to go in the third and they just had a sweet passing play and tierney shot got blocked but oh man yeah so you're like you're like 35 seconds ahead of me (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry to interrupt there, but I'm just saying, uh, Tim Stutzel, Drake Batherson, that is going to be a combo that it's going to ruin teams in the future. Um, but yeah, again, back to the Leafs. Um, Sorry. Yeah, Jack Campbell, still the man. He's doing awesome. Um, is he still undefeated? He's still undefeated. He's 9-0 and right now. Um, if he wins against the Habs tonight, yeah. uh, that's a new Leafs record for... Um, I think uh, consecutive wins. Oh crap. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a little bit different than the other guys who did it though, because he didn't, uh, he didn't play all of those games in a row, 
whereas the, the other guys just won like nine straight games. Who <laughs> are the, the other guys? Do you uh, remember Felix them? Felix Potvin um, and Rhoda? Maybe. And then one guy from the 20s I've never heard of. Oh, that doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's really my, my two takeaways from the games is like, uh, fuck the Flames. Uh, not super worried about the Jets as they are constructed right now. And uh, Jack Campbell's the man. The one thing I will say is if the Jets get a big name defenseman in this trade deadline, which I think is very unlikely just with the landscape of everything, but devil's advocate, Jets land at home. Are you more scared? A ah, little fuck, bit. McDavid scored. A, a little bit, but um, I don't think that one guy on their defense for as good as Ekholm is, uh, I don't think that he's going to necessarily be able to... like. He, even if he's out there for like 30 minutes, there's still another 30 minutes that the Leafs could be putting out like, you know, with some of their assassins on forward, right? Yeah, it's like, okay, Ekholm shuts down Tavares. Who shuts down Matthews? Yeah, exactly. Or, or Ekholm shuts down Matthews, but there's still Marner on the, on the first line. Or maybe like the Leafs get a, a winger that they put up on the, on the top line, and then Hyman slides down to the third line. And we've seen over the last few weeks what he can do to other teams when he's playing on the third line. <laughs> yeah, same things he does to first liners. It's insane. Yeah, it's, Hyman is so good. But um, yeah, in terms of guy, defensemen that are actually available, like I'm looking through the list here and Ekholm seems to be less likely to move now that uh, Nashville is uh, kind of in Winning. a playoff position. Um, the number one guy TSN has on their trade bait board is uh, David Savard. Savard, right. Yeah, okay. Um, Columbus, right? Yeah, I was looking at his numbers this season. Maybe it's just Columbus's absolute dog shit, but uh, his they numbers, aren't that great. His numbers are like bad-ish. <laughs> They're no, like his advanced stats. Yeah, his underlying numbers are are not very not good at all. Um, okay, like his his goals for percentage. So the the goals that are scored when he's on the ice, uh, his team yeah. gets less than 27% of the goals when he's on the ice. Oh, that is not good. Like that's really bad. So that's what 73% of the time he's on the ice, he's getting scored on. Yeah. The Columbus blue jackets have been outscored 41 to 15 with uh, David Savard on the ice. Now I know they aren't doing very well. And that's that's a five on five too. That's not uh, all situations. Oh, that makes it worse though. (laughs) because <laughs> if he's out there on the pk and they keep getting scored on yeah <laughs> yeah that makes oh my god now he's number I, I, one on the trade board he's number one yeah oh, uh, i will say his pdo which is a kind of a, a possession no, oh, no that's the luck stat that's the luck stat so it's a, a combination of uh shooting percentage and save percentage, save percentage. so uh when he is on the ice columbus has like a, a just above a 5% shooting percentage, which is pretty low. And when he's on the ice, his goalies have a save percentage of uh, around 88%, which is garbage. So mm. his, his PDO is less than 94. And the kind of uh, the theory behind it is that you, the closer you are to 100, like 100 is like average. That is like neutral luck. So basic, basically yeah, okay. David Savard is having outrageously shit luck (laughs) 
because his goalies can't save anything and the players he's out there with can't score either. Um, yeah, and he's not really an offensive threat himself. He's a defensive defenseman. Yeah, exactly. So or you, he's supposed to be. Yeah, but even still, like low danger goals for I just saw like his his team is well. There's been nine total, so it's not a whole. That's not all that big of a sample there, but uh, still low danger goals. Oh come on, Timmy! Seven oh. low danger goals for two. Timmy just tried the Forsberg. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, David Savard, I don't know if he's going to be doing a whole lot for the Jets. Again, no. it could just be because the Blue Jackets are shit and you get him on a decent team and he'll have more of a positive impact. Um, now, would you want him on the Leafs? He's right kind of a shot defenseman? Yeah, like that's kind of the only real um, positive I see to him. Um, I will that, say he that... He shoots right? <laughs> yeah, like we'll just jump right into uh, the, the trade deadline stuff here for the Leafs. I've just got to find my... Uh, episode outline um so kind of some questions that i wanted us to answer were um like what players are the leafs rumored to be in on um who is leaving the senators and then each of us who do we want our teams to target or acquire so like for the Leafs, they're rumored to be in on um primarily forwards like for the longest time it was uh, michael granland from yep. nashville and, or Taylor Hall. If or you're Taylor an Hall. Yeah. Uh, but that, that one's tough to do just because he's uh, he's got such a big salary. Um, and Granlund likely isn't going to happen now because the, the Predators have fooled themselves into thinking they're a playoff team. Uh, they could do a New Jersey and just say, you know, we know we're in the race, but screw it, it's time. Yeah. But I don't it, know if they're that committed to a retool or if they're more, more committed to um, – Stanley Cup dreams, probably the, probably the latter. It's an absolute dream for them if they think that they're going to get past uh, the Lightning, the Hurricanes, or the Panthers in the first round, because they're oh, like I... they're like twelve points behind all three of those teams. And the Hurricanes are so good. Now, the Hurricanes are very good. Yeah, Nedeljkovic has been playing very very well, and even when Reimer was starting, he was playing you know starter average. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, I, but, I don't think Ekholm's moving. Um, I don't really – I'm not super intrigued by David Savard. One guy that I am interested in that I haven't seen linked to the Leafs, which yeah. kind of makes me think that it's more of a possibility just because Kyle Dubas doesn't do the thing that everyone says he's going to do. But in a way, he does. He addresses the problem. but He, he addresses way... the problem, but he gets a player that nobody had ever mentioned before. Yes. Um, so the guy that I was looking at that kind of popped out at me is Ryan Murray from New Jersey. He's on New Jersey now. Yeah. Um, the blue jackets traded him to New Jersey this off season for, for a like fifth, a, fifth. a fifth round pick. That's it. Yeah. That is, um, that is good value for New yeah. Jersey right there. So the, that could be interesting. The underlying stats that I've been, I've been using are from uh, natural stat trick. Um, now Ryan Murray has played 29 games this year. I, and I, I've got a I've got a comparison between Murray and Savard up here. Um, Savard's played forty games. Murray's played twenty nine, um, and Murray has better underlying numbers in basically every category than David Savard. Um, the Devils score almost sixty percent of the goals when he's on the ice, um, and he starts less than forty percent of his shifts in the offensive zone. So he's getting the puck out. 
Yeah, but it, it's also crazy because that is by far his uh, fewest, like his lowest offensive zone start um, of his entire career. Normally he's up closer to 45 to 50 and he's below 40 this season. Um, and he's not, he hasn't played every game either. So he's either been injured, which I, I don't think he has been, or Lindy Ruff just doesn't seem to like him all that much. Oh yeah. Lindy Ruff's the coach there. Yeah. And, and um, Ryan Murray, his, his PDO is a little, it's a little high right now. It's that 104. He's got a really high save percentage when he's on the ice and the team shooting percentage is almost at 11% too. So it's, uh, you know, well, he, he could be contributing to some of those things, but it's, it's still going to come down at some point. But you keep but, in mind too, that the devils are a worse team than the blue jackets and he's putting up these numbers. Yeah. Oh, don't go in. Don't go in. Okay. Good. It missed. Um, 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 so what, so, uh, what would you give up for Ryan Murray? Um, well, for starters, he, he's got, um, his contract is kind of big. Um, where are my show notes here? Oh my God. I've got way too many tabs open. Um, Ryan Murray is, uh, 4.6 million. Against Ooh, that is, that's more than Jake Muzzin, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, I think. Uh, not a hundred percent sure, but um, so New Jersey would have to uh, retain like half of that, possibly more. And I don't think that the Leafs would be acquiring Murray to be like an every night player. I think uh, he would be kind of like depth defense. He is a left-hand shot, which isn't necessarily ideal, but I think he could be a fairly competent um, fill in for Jake Muzzin. If Muzzin goes down. Yeah, because it seems like you guys don't have many defensive defensemen replacements if like a Muzzin or, I mean, I don't know if you could put Justin Hall in that category. I don't know his game style well enough, but I know he's on the shutdown pairing with Muzzin. Yeah, he's on the shutdown pairing, but I don't think I'd trust him to do it, to like lead a pairing on his own. Yeah, okay. What about TJ Brody? Um, I don't want to split him up from, uh, from Riley. That's fair. Um, so, so yeah, so like that, that was the problem last in the, in the bubble, right. Was, uh, Jake Muzzin went down and then we had to bring in uh, Martin Morinson. Yeah. And that's Which, just not something uh, that I want to do. And I don't think that Rasmus Sandin is able to jump into that spot. And I don't think that Travis Dermott is either. So I like Ryan Murray could be like a potentially a decent fit. He He's not huge. I'm, I'm seeing that he's like six one, two hundred and six pounds. So he's like a, Hockey player. Hockey player, yeah. Um, but all, all of his underlying numbers, at least from my uh, my my dumb brain, seem to uh, look to be halfway decent. So I, I'd be intrigued to see what the what he would cost. I don't think like in order to get New Jersey to retain like half of his salary, you got to give them a little bit of a sweetener on that, right? But they also paid a fifth round pick to get him last off season. So they're not, they're not using him all the time. He's pretty expensive. I, I don't know. Could you get him for just like a, a better fifth or even uh, just, j- just like say a fourth, like a late fourth, basically New Jersey moves up a handful of spots. I was going to say fourth. Yeah. Like he doesn't gonna... to be part of their long-term plans. If he's only played 29 of their games this season, decent asset management by New Jersey as well. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, Ryan Murray's kind of a guy that interests me uh, coming to the Leafs. But you did not answer my question. Oh, what, you, you, would you, what would you be comfortable trading for Ryan Murray? I'd be totally fine trading like even a third or a fourth round pick or like a fourth plus some depth prospect, whatever. Like I'd be fine doing that. I don't think the acquisition cost for him is going to be all that high just based off of what New Jersey gave up for him. And the fact that they're not playing him every night. Now, one thing that I did notice when I was looking at his underlying numbers was that his history in his career, his numbers are a lot stronger than they are this season too. And I think part of that is that he's um, in the past, he's gotten a lot more offensive zone starts than he has this year. Yeah. And New Jersey also isn't the strongest team, whereas he was on Carolina or Columbus. Columbus. Okay. Well, I guess they weren't really the strongest team either, but they were stronger than New Jersey is. Last year, Columbus was way stronger than they are this year, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, Murray wasn't a top-pairing defenseman for them or anything, but he was, I, if I remember correctly, in their top four against Toronto. I, even I as believe recently so. as the playoffs. Because, like, their top pair was, I believe. Morensky and Jones. And Jones. So the second pair could have been uh, Savard and Murray. Yeah, and that's... Uh, and looking at his salary, that's probably where he was. He He's getting paid, like more than four and a half million. He's got to be in the top four for their defensemen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so, so yeah, that's one guy that I kind of am intrigued to see if um, the Leafs might look into getting him um, in terms of forwards. Uh, we had mentioned um, Taylor Hall. I don't think that the Leafs really look all that seriously into it. He's, that's he's expensive. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of money to try to fit under the cap. And I don't think that the actual playing style fits with the Leafs. Because the Leafs already have a lot of guys that do what he does. He's he carries the puck through the neutral zone and into the offensive zone. And like each of the Leafs top two, three lines already have guys that do that, right? Yeah. Like top line has uh, Matthews and Marner, second line has Nylander, third line has uh like Engvall and Mikhaev. They they may not be as elite offensive players as uh, taylor hall is but that's what their game is too is carrying the puck through the uh, neutral zone into the offensive zone and then even the fourth line jason spets does that so we have guys that do that and for a lot less money um what i'm kind of intrigued by is um getting somebody who can kind of float between the top six and the third line like what okay. zach hyman has been doing lately um i don't think that alex galchenyuk is the answer but Jordan, he's playing so well. He's, he's playing the other game. He's playing really well. And all of the Leafs fans that I follow on Twitter are like, hey, we don't need to trade for a top six forward now. It's like, guys, like we do this so often with players. <laughs> this guy was playing in the AHL a month ago. Yeah, like he's on his like hundredth team in the last six months. And now we think that, you know, he's played five games with the Leafs and we've fixed him. Um, at some point, he's going to come down from this hot streak. Uh, it's unreal. It's unreasonable to expect anything otherwise. Uh, he's, he's been a really good fit with Nylander and Tavares. I don't think that it's going to last. And no. e- even if you do think it's going to last, there are better players out there than Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, so the, the Leafs would be doing themselves a disservice to not acquire somebody else and, 
find a fit on the team somehow. Even if we find a better player than Galchenyuk and find that uh, they work better on the third line or something. That's great. We, I still think that we need another forward. It's almost like you're looking for your equivalent to Tampa acquiring Coleman last year. That's, that's kind of right. I don't I, like, I didn't really want to say it explicitly just because like, duh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Tampa basically on their, uh, on the trade deadline acquired a third line. Yeah. For but, two firsts. But since Tampa's won the cup, that's what everybody's like. Hey, all somebody has to do is go out and find like Blake Coleman and uh, Barclay Goodrow. It's like, okay. It worked when, once. Yeah, it worked once. When is it ever, when are those guys ever going to be available again? Columbus went out and got Adam McQuaid, Ryan Dezingle, Matt Duchesne while having Panarin Bobrovsky, and it got them what, four, five playoff wins? Um, maybe five, yeah. Four in the first they, round. Well, yeah, they swept. I don't know if they made it to five or six games against Boston. Boston. I think it was only five. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, kind of the guys that I'm well, – I don't know. I, I did say that I wanted to find some guys that were off the board a little bit, but I, I have continually heard these two guys um, be mentioned as interesting for the Leafs, uh, Kyle Palmieri from the, the Devils. Um. I don't know his playing style all that well, but he does seem to be kind of like that middle six forward that can go into the corners and be like the, the tough gritty guy to get the puck as well as he's got some finish to him as well. You know, who are the three guys I always get confused for each other? Who? Kyle Palmieri, Blake Coleman, and Adam Henrique. Yeah. Well, how wouldn't you confuse them? All of their names sound so familiar. So, just, so, so so similar, I mean. I don't know if they all played on the same team or if they one of them has played with the other at some point, but it just those three guys are always like, yeah, they'll I've, get you 20-ish goals and they'll be grinders. Well, I think they all were devils at some point in their careers, right? Paul Mary is a devil now. Adam Henrique was on the devils before he was on the ducks. And I think the lightning got um, Coleman from the devils last year. You could be right. Maybe that's why. Maybe I just think they're all always on the Devils. Yeah, they're, but he'd be an interesting choice. Paul well, Mary, uh, the, and the thing too, like he's the same as Ryan Murray. He's an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Their con, their um, cap hits are about the same, four point six. Um, so it it's it. I I wonder if the Leafs could swing for both of those guys at the trade deadline. Um, wouldn't be the first time that they've kind of tried to address two needs in one swoop. Last year, they did it with um, Kyle Clifford and Jack Campbell in the same deal. Great trade. Yeah, amazing trade. Um, so Palmieri is, is one guy. And then the other one, um, I didn't really like it at first. But as I've thought about it more and more, I'm getting more on the bandwagon for this one. Um, and that's uh, Nick Foligno. Ew. <laughs> you don't like Nick Foligno? I liked Nick Foligno five years ago. I, he's still got some offensive skill to him. And Not I think for his contract. It ends at the, at the end of this season. Yeah, I, but I, I don't care about I mean, next year. I, I think he is. He's an older Zach Hyman is what I think he is. Ah, so broken. Got it. <laughs> uh, 
he he intrigues me just because he does have that offensive ability. Uh, he doesn't have to be the driver on a line. If he's going to be on the second line with um, Tavares and Nylander, he, he just has to go into the corner and smash people around. Um, if he's on the third line, he could basically do the Hyman role when uh, Hyman is down there. Is he a center or a winger? He does both. Okay. So, so that could be another thing too, is instead of uh, Pierre Engvall playing third line centers, you could have um, Nick Foligno. I want to see a third line of Nick Foligno, Wayne Simmons, and Zach Hyman. <laughs> that, and yeah, that, that could be a pretty tough line to play against. Could be slow as hell on the wings. But I, <laughs> just dump it into a corner and say, go get it, Zach. We'll be there in a minute. <laughs> bam, 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 yeah. And get off. But yeah, so, so I, I think Nick Foligno could be interesting. Um, again, the problem with all of these guys is just the teams that currently have them would have to retain a ton of salary. Well, yeah, I just looked on cap friendly. Toronto has uh, two point, basically 2.16 in cap space. Yes, but you keep in mind that these cap hits that they'd be acquiring, like it's it's not going to be the full 5.5 that count against the cap, right? It's going to be whatever is remaining on the contract that goes against their salary cap. Yes, so sorry. Uh, their current cap space is 1.75. 1.75 million. Yeah. So, so then the contracts that they're acquiring have to have um, at most... 1.75 million left to be paid out for the rest of the season. Yeah. So my question to you is um, who's coming off this roster in a trade so that you can afford these deadline acquisitions? I don't, are think you that... with everyone else and you think Kerfoot or. I and like, everyone seems to think that Kerfoot is a, a cap dump and he's not, he's a good player. I just don't think that he fits this lineup all that well. Yeah, he's a very it's, useful player to have for a playoff run, though. He, he's a very good player. He's very useful. I just don't think that, like, the third line is better without him there. Um, the second line, he's not, like, he, he doesn't fit well with Tavares and Nylander, and he's no. not pushing Zach Hyman off the first line. So that, you're, you're going to put him on the fourth line? I, 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 I'm not trying to push him out the door. I'm not one of the people that's like, yeah, just, uh, you know, Kerfoot and a fifth for uh, whoever the hell we feel like. I'm not one of those people who just is trying to get rid of him at the soonest opportunity, but it's, I don't know. I, I think Kerfoot could be a guy that gets moved in the off season. I don't necessarily think the Leafs have to trade anybody off the roster in order to add a new player. To me, it just seems like trying to get, um, like everyone's saying, oh, we need a top six winger. It just, for the players that are available and the players, the names that are going around, it just doesn't really seem feasible this year. Just with the flat cap and uh, no one really wanting to retain salary because of COVID. Like, I just, I don't see how you could do it. You'll need a player on a bar already on a bargain deal even then maybe having some salary retained and like, I just, I don't know who that is. Like you said, Dubas is very good at finding the guy nobody thinks about. Oh yes. All right. Here's another thing. I I saw a tweet today. Um, Frederick Anderson has been out of the Leafs lineup for 19 days. The requirement for putting a player on long-term injured reserve 
is uh, that they are off the roster for 24 days this season. Okay, so he'll reach that this week. He'll reach that on the trade deadline. Isn't that convenient? <laughs> so. That's what, five mil? Um, I don't, it wouldn't be his whole salary. It would be the amount of money. Now, again, I'm no capologist here. It would be if they put him on LTIR on April 12th, retroactive to the day that he was like he was listed as injured or they're not on the roster. Yeah. Um, then those 24 days of his salary would then the Leafs would be able to go over the salary cap by that much if they are at the cap limit. Okay. I think I understand that. So, so you said that from now until the end of the regular season, the Leafs have 1.75 million. So their current cap space is 1.75. Their okay. deadline cap space is 2.16. Okay, so 2.16. So say the Leafs make a trade for a guy that makes exactly 2.16 million. Okay. And then they put Freddie on LTIR retroactive to when he stopped playing because of his injury. So those 24 days of his salary, uh, the Leafs then get to put that on top of their uh, capped out team. So then they could make another player acquisition. And just as long as that player's salary didn't go over the 24 days of Freddie's salary, I think that's how it would work. I'm just going to believe you because I don't have the knowledge or the contacts to... Um, to check your work there. So <laughs> sure, Jordan. So I, if I'm right, then that that could free up a like a a, a decent amount. Like it, who knows? Like 24 days out of a out of a season, it's probably not even going to be a million dollars. But um, true. Out of a, like a five five and a half million dollar contract that Freddie's got, like it's it's not going to be that. But even if it's another eight or nine hundred thousand dollars, that's that's more money that the Leafs get to use. And then you know, Freddie comes back for the playoffs. Boom, done. Hey, nine hundred thousand dollars—that's another Jimmy VC right there. And, and that also goes to um, what, what I was saying was that, like, for as long as Freddie's on LTIR, um, we would be able to accrue or add on that cap space as an overage that we get to go over the salary cap. So. If he's out of the lineup through the end of the season, then that means we can add at the trade deadline a guy that um, you know uses up the rest of Freddie's cap hit for this season, and then Fred just comes back for like the playoffs. Dunzo. So the the Leafs do have like potentially have more cap space than it looks like they do, uh, so they could acquire a more substantial player. And then like a couple weeks ago, um, James Myrtle did an article. I can't remember it, and I'm not going to go hunting for it now, but. Um, he, he wrote an article about how the Leafs could acquire some um, like bigger ticket players without necessarily dumping a bunch of um, salary. So he was basically like, here's how the Leafs could acquire Taylor Hall. That, that would be kind of fun. I think a line, it I think required you put a on lot. The... It, re- it required a lot of work. It was like the, the Sabres have to retain half of Taylor Hall's salary and trade him to like the Blackhawks who would then retain half of what's remaining. So the Leafs would acquire a $2 million. Yeah. Would acquire Taylor Hall from the the Blackhawks 
with a $2 million cap hit for a full season. Jeez. Yeah. Like so doable. It, doable. It's just really theoretically. Difficult. And yeah. then it also would cost more because you're paying two teams to uh, retain salary on a guy, right? Yeah. You'll probably have to throw in a third round pick or something to Chicago. Yeah. Or possibly more than that. Like, two million bucks that's going to cost more than a third round pick i think all right so i have two questions for you one of them pertains to the trade deadline the other one pertains to one of your players okay not so much related to the deadline but you could tie it in so i'm going to ask you about the deadline first are there any untouchables when it comes to leaf prospects oh to prospects um i don't know i don't necessarily think there should be an untouchable. Okay. Um, I love uh, Nick Robertson. He looks like he's going to be an NHL player. Um, His brother's lighting it up in Dallas. Yeah. And like Nick is lighting it up in the AHL too. He's uh, mm-hmm. like, he's like 19 or something. And he's, he's ripping ass down there. Um, Rasmus Sandin, like by the sounds of it, Rasmus Sandin is an untouchable in terms of Leafs prospects. I don't even know if they necessarily consider him a prospect anymore because it it sounds like when he gets back, they're just he's going to be on the NHL team and he's going to get minutes. Um, but yeah, beyond beyond Sandin, like um, Nick Robertson, I like I said, I like him. I don't necessarily think he should be untouchable for the right player. Um, like. I'm not trading him straight up for Taylor Hall. Not, Fair. I'm not, I'm not trading uh, Nick Robertson for a, a rental. Um, and then like Timothy Liljegren, uh, his development has come along slower than I think a lot of people had hoped, but. He's a defenseman. It happens. He, he's a right-handed defenseman who uh, missed out on most of his draft year because of like mono or some injury or something. Mono. So it's it might take him a little while longer to uh, to um, develop into an NHL player. So not not super worried about trading him either. <laughs> See, I only asked that because I remember back in the 2017-2018 season trade deadline, Vegas doesn't acquire Eric Carlson because they didn't want to get rid of Eric Branstrom. And then they did it a year later, anyways. Yeah. For Eric, for Mark Stone. Yeah. Because they were like, "Oh crap! If we had ha- if we had Carlson, we may have won the cup." That team made it to the cup final without Carlson. Imagine what would have happened if still pretty agile Eric Carlson was on that Vegas team. Yeah, and then you know what? I, I was going to say yeah, but then they'd uh, they'd be tied to that boat anchor of a contract, but hadn't you know been what? signed yet. Yeah, who gives a shit? They have a cup. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Also, he um. He had another year left. Oh, yeah, that's right, eh? He, he had another year left. They would have had two cup runs with Eric Carlson. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I wanted to ask, because the Leafs, like, people are already writing them in to be part of the Final Four. Of the and I, I, think, I think that's correct. I, I, I am getting less concerned about all of the, uh, the rest of the teams in the, in the playoff picture in the North as the Leafs continually like beat the shit out of them tonight against Montreal is going to be a, a good test, but um, they're also like Carey Price isn't playing and uh, Brendan Gallagher is out for a, a while with a broken thumb. I just think there are three things you got to worry about. 
McDavid and Dreisaitl and Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. Potentially Carey Price, but... Like, not even the teams attached to them, those three. Yeah. Because those are the guys who are going to steal a series away from you. Maybe not a series. Maybe one or two games in a series. McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's all it takes, though, right? Exactly. Um, So, yeah, that was one question. What was your other one? Is it possible Freddie Anderson has already played his final game as a Leaf? I think that's very possible. I think if he if he's not back to 100%, um, I don't see any reason to put him in over Freddie or uh, sorry over uh, Jack Campbell. Um, and even if he is 100%, he's got to earn the net back. And if he comes back and plays like he was even like early on in the season, like it's not happening. He's got to go back like two years in order to find the game that is going to uh, win him the net back. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's, it's, it's pretty realistic. I don't think he's getting traded by the trade deadline. Um, there's a lot of people that are looking at Freddie as another guy that's a cap dump and that's, it's just not realistic. Teams don't just trade let him their, walk. Tr- yeah. Teams don't trade their starting goalies at the trade deadline. Even the if o- Freddie's not the starter anymore. The only reason why I could see them trading Freddie is if they had a plan to acquire another goaltender. And Which, even, hey, Jonathan even, Bernier has a 918 save percentage playing for Detroit. And I don't want any part of Jonathan Bernier. The, <laughs> the guy, you know what? Like the guy that I've come around on is Linus Allmark. And I don't think that the Sabres are going to trade him because like he's playing so well for their terrible team. Imagine if they actually got him some support. I, but. Like I said, with Calgary, they need to blow it up. With Buffalo, it's just... They need say, to fold the franchise and move it somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, it's something wrong with the city. So it's probably the water. Yeah. yeah they've got some of that, uh, that Flint water. Yeah. <laughs> <Oof>. What? <laughs> no, Was just, that a little too dark for a hockey podcast? It might be a little bit too dark, yeah. Um, but yeah, like Linus Allmark is a, is a goalie I'd be interested in acquiring, um, especially cause he, I don't think he's expensive at all. Let me check. Yeah. You fill time um, while I check. Yeah. I think I might have the list up here, but I've got to do a, uh, find here. Uh, he is not on it. Okay. Not on TSNs. Um, uh, Buffalo Savers, Linus Allmark, 2.6 mil. Uh, he is a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah. And that's that's an extremely affordable contract, especially if Buffalo retains half. Yeah, and I don't even think that they'd have to. No, but you know, if the Leafs are looking to do to make other moves, maybe you just you say like you know, fuck it, and get them to retain halves, and uh, so that you can go out and acquire some other guy with maybe a bit of a bigger ticket as a forward or a defender. Free, but, uh, a, a tandem of Allmark and Campbell could be very good. Not just if you're able to re-sign Allmark for a decent cap hit. Yeah, exactly. So not even just this year could be in going into the future and having a, a nice little, um, nice little tandem like a like a Varlamov Leonard tandem. That would be uh, that would be pretty solid. Or a Leonard Flurry tandem. Leonard Flurry tandem, or a, come on, set your expectations high. Leonard Grice tandem. Yeah. Well, New York Islanders, Grice. Detroit yeah. Red Wings, Grice isn't very good. But mm-hmm. okay, here, let me put you through a hypothetical. Buffalo, you are Kyle Dubas. You talk to whoever okay, the hell. I have, I have glasses. I'm, you have I'm glasses. Handsome. I've, got, I've got some nice hair. 
I wear yeah. sweaters. All right, I'm there. You're much smarter than you seem. <laughs> um, you call up whoever Season the hell. <laughs> you call up whoever the hell the GM in Buffalo is. I don't even know. Um, you talk about a Linus Allmark. He gives you permission to talk to Allmark's agent. He agrees to a three-year, three-point-three mil contract extension at, for next year and the two years after. It costs Robertson and a second. That's utterly insane valuation there. E- even for a guy that I'm going to sign, and for starters, uh, no, I, I I don't sign him to a contract as soon as I acquire him, because I can only protect one goalie in the expansion draft this offseason. And I don't really want to lose Jack Campbell at this point. And if apparently I'm giving up a second round pick and Nick Robertson for the other guy, I definitely don't want to lose him either. Okay. How about, okay. Robertson. Okay. Lily green in a second. Uh, Again, I I don't want to lose either one of those guys in the expansion draft. And I think, yeah, but you're going for a cup. Yeah. You, you, You still can't just like, flush picks and prospects down the toilet right like it's it's one thing to trade those guys for a player um i mean don't say that to kekalainen yeah well again uh, look where columbus is after that no i i still say no i i i don't think that the leafs for starters i don't think that they're just going to sign anybody that they acquire um by the sounds of it they're they're looking for temporary guys for the roster they're not necessarily worried about signing anybody anyway so if if the acquisition cost for somebody is going to be that high i just say thanks i'll go look somewhere else then okay no i was just wondering i wanted to see how committed you were to winning a cup this year and clearly you're not (laughs) i i don't think that the goaltending like (sighs) by the sounds of it the leafs aren't super concerned with uh, Freddie's injury. Um, I think the plan may be to wait until the trade deadline, toss him on LTIR, get that extra cap space so that they can find somebody else. And then he just comes back into the lineup over the next like week or so um, as like a, a backup. Um, and then he tries to win the net back. I think that's kind of the ideal situation for the Leafs is that Freddie is like a week, a week and a half away from getting back into games. And then he has to actually win the net back from Campbell. That, and, that and, sounds... that, and then in the off season, we worry about replacing Anderson. So um, I, one thing that always bothered me, I'm just looking at the Leafs uh, cap friendly and at their goalies. Cause you talking about the expansion draft got me thinking, cause you have to expose a goalie. You can, only, you can only protect one goalie, yeah. And, well, not only that, but you have to expose a goalie who is signed through next season. That's right, yeah. And I was like, oh, who does Toronto have? And then Michael I was like, Hutchinson. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's why that they is signed why him you, to a two-year contract. Yeah. That's why they did that. It's like, okay, that makes more sense now. I was just, yeah, I was looking through that because I was getting, getting concerned or confused. I was like, do they have to acquire a goalie? or extend one that they have just so they meet the expansion draft requirements. But obviously Dubas is better at planning and is smarter than I am. Maybe just a bit. Yeah. Like Maybe he, just a bit. He does wear glasses. And obviously that automatically puts about another 80 points to his IQ. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, kind of to sum up, Alex Galchenyuk, not the answer. I do think we need another forward that can float between the top six and like the third line. Um, Kyle Palmieri is probably like the ideal person, but by the sounds of it, he's probably going to go to um, the Islanders. Yeah, I heard um, that too. So Nick Felino is interesting to me. I don't know if like I'm stoked about acquiring him. I'm still just like, I think that could work. I don't, I, like the more I think about it, the more I like it, especially because his dad was a leaf. So it would be kind of, that would be kind of cool. Um, I still think the logistics when it comes to the cap will be finicky with Felino. Potentially. Yeah. But if there's a way for us to acquire Taylor Hall, then there's a way for us to acquire Nick Felino too. And then on defense, like I I'd be interested to see if we could uh, get Ryan Murray. That uh, was a really good name. That was a good, good pickup for you. Nice. Thank you. I, I <laughs> he was like the first guy on the list that I came across, and I was like, I wonder. <laughs> it's like you know what? That's uh, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, um, Ollivander's voice from Harry Potter. I wonder. <laughs> you nerd. Yeah. Curious. Very curious. Um. So yeah, with you in the sands. Uh, you know, we got like five minutes here. Um, cool. Um, they're not trading anyone. You don't think that they're you don't think they're trading anybody away? I by, think by the sounds that they're trying to move Coburn. Coburn and or Good Branson. Uh, they may not be moving Good Branson. They may just let him expire at the end of the season. Maybe they bring him back next year on a way cheaper deal. Yeah. I know right now he's away expecting the birth of his child. Uh, I think it already oh. happened. I think the the bun's out of the oven. Is it? Okay. I, I believe so, yeah. Okay, yeah. Last I heard they were still waiting. It was just getting close, so it may have happened. I just missed it. That is very possible um but no i coburn apparently there is interest uh let me just double check his uh cap well he's got that cup experience you know so sure, yeah, someone's gonna like so he's going to pittsburgh because brian burke is gonna love him oh i who is it? i think it's dmitry filipovich is the guy that always says um your job as a general manager in the nhl is to find out who the bad gms are and call them every day uh i think whoever acquires Braden coburn uh that's just a whole they might as well have like a giant neon sign above their head saying bad nhl gm and then everybody else just needs to call them every day uh, uh, well if you acquire Braden coburn at half salary which for a full nhl season would be uh eight hundred fifty thousand dollars uh for a fourth are you bad yeah like what is Braden coburn bringing to you that like an ahl player isn't for like a third of the price i just told you stanley cup experience i think he played three games for tampa his name's on that cup (laughs) yeah so is luke shen's and luke shen didn't play all of the games either (laughs) luke shen was in their top four injuries yeah he wasn't supposed to be there, but he no, was. He wasn't supposed to be, exactly. So if Braden Coburn is playing a major part of your cup run, you've got uh, probably like at least one of a few problems there. Either your your blue line is injured to shit, or um, your blue line is just shit. Yeah, but if you can still win with that. Pittsburgh won with Ron Hainsey being their number one defenseman. Yeah, you not every team is Pittsburgh, though. Not every team has uh, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin up front. 
And then, but you, uh, you know who I, does? Pittsburgh. That's why they should get Coburn. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You, you keep trying to convince the Penguins to take Braden Coburn. I don't top, think it's happening. Top D pairing of Cody CC and Braden Coburn. Who says no? Uh, Pittsburgh <laughs> Penguins fans. That's who. Yeah, but Brian Burke doesn't. He's got that truculence. Um, so, so yeah, Braden Coburn, you want him gone. Uh, good Branson, problem by the sounds of it, what the TSN guys were saying today on the radio. Uh, he, he's sound, done. I, I don't think that the Sens are all that, like, stoked to – they may not be looking to trade him. Uh, he might be the kind of guy that just uh, finishes out the season with them this year, and then they see where they go. Which I'm fine with, but I – again, my, my – um, every show, get this guy, get the fuck off my hockey team. Um, what about uh, Ryan Dezingle? I don't care what they do with him at the deadline as long as he comes back in the summer. He he really seems like one of those guys where it's just so weird that he can only play on one team. Yeah, but he plays well. Don't it, forget it, that year we traded him. He was on pace for 60 points and 30 goals. Yeah, like I, I'm not knocking him for it. Like some guys just can only play well in one, in one uniform. Like that's it. Like, like Wendell Clark in a Leaf uniform. Uh, he the, was what, the, in Nordique? He, he was on like six teams, like he, or more than that. He was a Tampa Bay Lightning. I think he was on the Predators at one point. I know Clark was a Predator. I believe so. Or I'm just mixing up my memory of playing NHL 2000 as the Predators and acquiring him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, that he, sounds he was more. On the likely. Islanders and the Red Wings, like Wendell Clark went around to a ton of teams. Uh, he was only good on the Leafs, but that's because once they traded him the second time, uh, his body was broken. Like he retired when he was 34. Yeah, because it's Wendell Clark and he fought everybody. Every yeah, if you've day. ever seen a Wendell Clark highlight reel, you'll understand why he only lasted that long. <laughs> and you'd be shocked right. that he made it that far, actually. Oh, my God. He played for Toronto, Quebec, the Islanders, the Lightning, the Red Wings, and Chicago. Ah, okay. N- no Predators. All right. No. That was, that was wings? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Dezingle, you, you don't care what they do with him? Oh, um, just uh, got a notification on my phone here. The uh, New York Islanders just acquired Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac. Ooh. Yeah, for a first-rounder and two players. Well, there goes Palmieri for you. Yeah, there goes Palmieri, so I guess it's just down to uh, Nick Foligno for the Leafs then. <laughs> That's fine. You can take Ryan Dezingle if you want someone in your top six. Yeah. He won't do anything there. Yeah, and the, but if the, you devil, give us the two... Devils get uh, J.G. Pajot. Wait, what? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, it's A.J. Greer okay. and Mason Jobst uh, for a first and a conditional fourth. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, there's no way they should give... <laughs> I was gonna say they just got him and extended him. Yeah, and he's doing well. Yeah, you almost you almost had a shit on uh, mom and dad's new couch there. Oh my god. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> okay, we've got like a minute or two left here. Um, so you don't think the Sens are doing a whole lot at the trade? No. Deadline? Like, um, no, there's just not a lot of guys on their team that are healthy that are a that they're looking to move and b that are remotely attractive to anybody else. Also, I just realized something. You know how Anisimov and Dadnov were on our fourth line for our most recent game? Uh, the one uh, or, this afternoon? Yes, I'm pretty sure the last three games they were on our fourth line. Okay. There were our two highest paid forwards. Yeah. 
They combined for nine and a half million dollars. Oh, well, that, that's still not as good as uh, when Dion Phaneuf was uh, the Senator's highest paid defenseman and he wasn't on the team anymore. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> but um, I think the only thing Ottawa will be doing is making room for Bernard Docker and Pinto. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. And even still, I don't if, if they can't trade anybody or if they can't trade some of those guys, then they're just uh, they have to hold on to some of them for uh, the expansion draft. Because they, yeah. still, they still have to have players that are eligible to be exposed. We, we have that. We have the goalies in Hogberg and Decord. Or not Hogberg. Um, Murray and Decord meet the circumstance or the criteria to be exposed. Uh, Tierney, Paul, Connor Brown, and a few other forwards meet the criteria. Defensemen, we have none. But I don't know what the defense. Oh, Josh Brown. But you, some of those guys you also don't want to expose either, right? I don't think the Senators are all that keen on exposing Connor Brown, right? No, he'll get protected. I, I think we'll be losing Tierney. Right. But again, it's like the Senators need to keep some of these guys that have contracts for, through the next season on the team so that they can be exposed. Because if they just trade everybody away, then they have to sign a bunch of guys or acquire yeah. a bunch of guys in order to expose them. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Oh my God, there were a lot of oh, oh, but, Batherson uh, and Kachuk. Yeah, that's that's all of our time today. We're, yeah, uh, running at like an hour twenty here. Um, what? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. Um, so thanks everybody for listening. Uh, make sure that you follow the podcast on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Little Hockey Pod. You can follow me, Jordan, on Twitter at jsmall1771. And you can follow Keegan, the other guy, so. at lil underscore little28. Uh, please make sure that you're subscribed or following the show on your favorite uh, podcasting app. And uh, please rate and review the show. We will read any five-star reviews. I'm just going to uh, try to quickly pull up Apple Podcasts here to see if we've got anything because uh, we haven't gotten any reviews since June. And actually, before we go, I've got one more thing I want to say right after I see about any reviews. We got none. Okay, cool. Um, Keeks, do you know what uh, tomorrow is? Thursday, April 8th, 2021. Mm, year that we started the podcast? It is one year to the day that we started a podcast. Yeah. Can you believe yeah. it? We, we made it a whole year. Yeah. And we're what? Episode 31 or 32 now? Uh, like 31. And then we did that weird bonus episode last year that we didn't count. We did so, the yeah. bonus episode? I don't even remember the bonus episode. Yeah. That one was when we, uh, we did the live reaction to the uh, draft lottery and we kept having all those technical difficulties. Oh, yes. No, I remember that now. So yeah, thanks everybody. If you've been with us from the start, if you just joined us, then uh, you know, go back and listen to how terrible we were a year ago. Oh, it was and, awful. And if you listen to our first compared to how terrible we are now. <laughs> we are terrible with confidence now. Yeah, we are terrible with a little bit of confidence. That's right. Um, so yeah, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. Um, yeah, we'll... Uh, I don't know, it's kind of petering out here. My brain's shut off and I want to go watch the Leafs game. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening, Bye. everybody. Again, rate and review the show. Follow us on whatever app you're listening to and all the social medias. Um, until next time. Oh, yeah. Next time we'll, uh, we're talking to you. It'll be with hopefully some new members of the Leafs and some new former members of the Senators.
So uh, until then, we'll see. We'll catch you later. See you later, guys. What a finish!